And so there we were, the only two film buffs in the sea of Marvel fans. And we were going to fight the system, man. The goddamn cookie-cutter film podcasters and YouTubers sucking the dicks of Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and every other basic-ass franchise there is. As if they needed any more publicity, thinking that the stars would notice them. We were the anarchists, the agents of chaos who watched anything and everything else. We were just a couple of KFR punks. The following podcast contains spoilers for SLC Punk. You have been warned. What's up, everybody? It's it's your boy, yeah, you know the, the the fathomless creation that is the mind, and Glenjamin Button here, along with the other freaking anarchist man. We're out here. We're doing it, Miguel Magusto. <laughs> I'm sorry, you you struggled with that so much. I did. My my brain melted halfway through. I <laughs> felt it seeping out of my ear. That's hilarious. I can't even like get into what I was gonna. I don't even wrong, remember what wrong I was acid. Do. Damn. <laughs> How you doing, Glenn? I am okay, my man. Just working so hard, you know, babysitting houses and stuff. Yeah, and oh not even goodness. utilizing my utilities, I'm my such amenities. A piece of shit, you are. Uh. But I know you used it a little bit. What did you use my movie room for this weekend while I was very, away? Very briefly, I used it. Um, before I had done that, I uh, I've been trying to catch up on Obi Wan, which I am now at episode four. I got to mm-hmm. start watching that because I know there's episode five. I think six is releasing tomorrow, which is an hour and a half long. So I got to catch up onto that. But catching up on that, I still feel the same. I think I talked about it last week about it. Um, the boys, the boys is excellent. I'm loving every second of it. And it just it's just such such a good little time. Uh, mm-hmm. We watched Lightyear together. Uh, there did. is a review up on the Skididdly Winks called YouTube. Uh, don't even know what that means, but I did utilize your movie room for one special occasion. Uh, technically, two special occasions. Mm. Uh, I watched the Forty Seven Ronin, which is split into two parts, um, at least on HBO Max, because uh, it's a four hour runtime. And I don't know what intrigued me to do it. I was just like, you know, I watched the Keanu one, and I want to see what the original's all about. And, uh, well, I watched the shit out of it while uploading a bunch of highlights to YouTube and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it was passing the time yeah. while I'm staring at a loading screen, just, like, uploading stuff. Uh, but it was really good. A lot of exposition, though. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, this was made in 1941. I was really hoping for... Uh, there's one point where they kind of storm a castle, and I was really hoping that they would at least some sh- or like show some of that action. Mm-hmm. But uh, it literally it goes almost the whole movie's exposition and them just talking to each other, and then like they talk about doing it, and then it happens. But they're coming back from the storming of the castle, like they're just walking yeah. up to this grave, and I'm like. Fuck! Even not even like a little tease of anything. Yeah. Nothing. That was the that's the, interesting. Kind of the biggest flaw of taking away. I was gonna give this like a four and a half or a five, but because they didn't even show like a little a little snippet of like anything going on, mm-hmm. it kind of kind of sad. Um, but it was a really great movie. Everybody was fantastic, uh, and I'm not gonna try to butcher a name right now. Uh, and I want to move on, but 
the uh, basically the lead actor in this. Oh my god, he was so good. He had such a, a warming smile. Yeah. That, uh, just it, it was it was so good. Um, but that was that was forty seven Ronan, very fantastic. And uh, then of course we watched uh, your movie this week. But Mike, I know you watched a few, my silly man. I did watch a few, probably not as much as normal because I was gone for like three days mm-hmm, uh, on mm-hmm. vacation. Uh, first off, when you said you watched 47 Ronin, I immediately thought you were talking about the Keanu Reeves version. I want to rewatch um, it now. That is yeah. that is a thing. It's, I mean, it's probably not great, but mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen it, so I can't really say anything. It's got Keanu, and that's all that matters. It, it wasn't that great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I watched eight movies. Uh including rewatches. The first one I watched was Animal House. First time I'd ever seen that. And while it is good, I don't understand why it's so beloved. I have to rewatch um, that too, because I think I watched that at one point. I was just like, I'm not paying attention to this at all. It's just like, it's, 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 it's interesting to watch, but it's not really funny. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I even asked like my friends on Facebook. I was like, "This is a legitimate question. I'm not trying to knock anyone, but when <laughs> when you saw Animal House in the '70s in theaters, were people like gut busting laughing, or were they just going, oh, that's amusing?' Because like, I can't see anyone like l- laughing their ass off watching this, mm-hmm. except for maybe one or two parts. But like, you know, nothing like you see with like The Hangover or Step Brothers nowadays, where yeah. people are literally." laughing so hard that it sometimes is easy to miss things. Um, but it's a fine movie. It did not age well at all, but it's, it's, it is what it is. It's a good independent comedy from 1978, I guess. But I, I am still a little baffled why it's so beloved. Um, Mm -hmm. when there's such funnier movies from the seventies back then. Uh, but yeah, just my opinion. Uh, then I rewatched the iron giant with my boy, my boy, my boy, because uh, uh, I I told you this after the recording. One of the options had you picked it would have been the Iron Giant because I've been wanting mm-hmm. to rewatch it, uh, and so I rewatched it with my boy. And, and I uh, had just rewatched it myself like two weeks ago too. Yeah, it's a it's a solid movie. I love it's it. So good, man. I love it. Yeah, it's really good. So that's why I rewatched it. Uh, then for my one thousand and one movies series I'm doing, Cinema Bucket List available mm-hmm. on YouTube. Uh, oh. I watched The Bank Dick. This is gonna be. Uh, part of the July episode. Uh, it's um, the bank dick as in like bank detective. Not, Excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's from 1940. It's a comedy. This, I, I read a review on Letterboxd that summed it up perfectly. It's mm-hmm. dad joke the movie. I gotta watch it. Because every, mo- <laughs> every joke is like a dad joke and it's great and it's mm-hmm. it's stupid and it's very like... There's this part where uh, you know, he he's a he's a like a security officer in a bank and everything, and this kid has a toy gun that is very obviously a to- toy gun, and he attacks the child, mm-hmm. and it's so funny, you know, f- physical violence in a movie against a child <laughs> is hilarious. In real life, it's sad. Of course, in real life, it's very sad, but in a movie, it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just went. I thought that thing was loaded, and the kid's mom went, "No, but clearly you are." <laughs> yeah, just stupid, I love it. really stupid, like jokes like that. Um, it does take a while to get into. Like it, it's a slow start, but once it gets going, it's really funny. Uh, right. Then for the one thousand one movies, I watched On the Town, which is your typical nineteen forties musical romance thing. 
uh, about three sailors who are on the town looking for women in New York Ooh. during their one day of furlough in uh, New York City. Uh, it is everything I hate about 1940s movies in one movie, so I did not quite like it. I understand mm-hmm. why people like it. It's just not my thing. Yeah. Because uh, it's literally everything I hate about 1940s movies. Uh, then I watched Charlie Chaplin's The Gold Rush from 1925. Mm-hmm, this was mm-hmm. also for the 1001 movies you must see before you die. Uh, the Tramp goes to Alaska to look for gold. It, it is uh, <laughs> it is just as hilarious as you know you would expect from uh, Charlie Chaplin and The, the Tramp. The there. Yeah. It has the infamous or the famous uh, dinner roll dancing scene in it. That's where this, <laughs> uh, That's where it comes from is The Gold Rush. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, that is also going to be on July's episode of uh, Cinema Bucket List. Then for a thousand one movies you must see before you die, I rewatched Akira. Uh, mm-hmm. That uh, is an anime. For those of you who don't know, uh, if you know me, you know I don't really particularly care for anime. This is probably the closest I get to liking anime is with Akira. Yeah. Uh, and it still has the same pacing problems that I have with anime. That's my biggest problem with anime is the pacing. Because yeah. I I don't think they pace their movies very well. Um, yeah, that's uh, again another one I'd have to rewatch. It's it's been a very long time since yeah. I watched it. But like it's really good, and and uh, you know except for a few parts here and there, and then it ends twenty minutes after it should have ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just it's just stuff like that. It is in all of anime. It's not just Akira. It's just like they draw yeah. things out too much. And, and you got to see what life is like after the thing that yeah. we all watched happen. <laughs> yeah. And I also hate the uh, 12 frames per second uh, animation style. You know, instead of doing 24 frames per second like normal film is, they only animate 12 frames per second. Mm-hmm. I hate that jittery style. Again, just me personally, the art itself is beautiful, but the animation sucks. And that is where I will leave my opinion on anime. But you can find out more of my thoughts on that and whether or not it becomes or stays on the the cinema bucket list uh, in July's episode. Uh, then I watched Lightyear with you, my boy, my hey. Glenn, my Glendrewman hey. Button. Uh, we have a review for that on the YouTube s- s- skittery do or whatever you said. Mm-hmm. Uh, skid- skedaddle, but I don't remember. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> yeah, so you can check out our review for Lightyear on there. And then I rewatched SLC Punk, which we're going to get into <gasps> right now. I love living in the city. Meet Steve and Bob. They were the only two punks living in Salt Lake City. We come from the east. What the hell are you? We're, uh, we're from England. England. That's probably why we seem so weird to you, man. Their only way to understand the world was to be totally misunderstood. And when you're living in the most conservative city in America, do you A, conform? This rebellion things you're going through, I I, I understand it, not completely, but uh, I respect it. B, learn to cope. I am the future. I am the future of this great nation. Stephen, I didn't I didn't sell out, son. I bought in. Or C. Is he gonna be okay? Oh, yeah, he'll be fine, I'm sure. Thank you, though. None of the above. In the early 1980s, Steve-O and Heroin Bob are the only two dedicated punks in a conservative Salt Lake City. Written and directed by James Marandino, it stars Matthew Lillard, Michael A. Gorgian, uh, Annabeth Gish, uh, Jennifer Lean, Christopher McDonald's in there, Devin Sawa, Jason Segal, 
or Jason Segel. <laughs> Segal. Well, no, I was reading Segal and then looked yeah. over at the next guy. And it's Adam it Pascal. Fed, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then Till Schweiger's in there as well. Uh, a bunch of people that you would probably recognize. Uh, Mick, uh, here we go. McNally Segal is in there mm. uh, as well as the mom. Uh, and it is a movie from the 90s about the punk scene in Salt Lake City. That is what the uh, – I already said that already because it's the thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there we go. Uh, I had watched this movie back in college, I believe, was the first time I watched it. Uh, yeah. Back then when I had no responsibilities, I would just buy movies without ever seeing them. I would buy the DVD and be like, let's see what this is about. Yeah. Uh it, it, like, had I actually rented a movie from Blockbuster, Blockbuster might still be around because I did that so often that I probably could have kept the Blockbuster afloat by myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's not true. They still would have closed. Um, but uh, <laughs> no, yeah, this we is one of those. You have a mission. <laughs> so. This is one of those movies where, like, and he, it it doesn't the the poster and cover art for it isn't the greatest, so it looks like it's not going to be great. But I really mm-hmm. enjoyed it the first time I watched it. Uh, so that's why I picked it, and I want to know your thoughts, Glenn. Sweet Glenjamin Button, what well, did you, you think of SLC <clears throat> Punk? You aren't wrong about the poster. It is very deceiving on what the actual movie's like, and mm-hmm. almost entirely, it's not even very punk. It's kind of a terrible poster, just yeah. period. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this uh, this was a very surprising uh movie. Uh, very very fun. Uh, very punk. It honestly. Watching it, a lot of the soundtrack made me sit there and think, man, if if Tony Hawk, like, Pro Skater 1, 2, or 3 had a story, this would be somewhere in there if they had skateboards at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just, the, just the soundtrack of this and just how crazy these guys are. And they, not, they don't even skateboard once. But if they did, I swear to God, it, it made me feel like I was watching a Tony Hawk Pro Skater uh, story movie or something. It was it was great. Yeah, Aaron um, Bob even gives off like Bob Burnquest vibes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's so it's it's very goofy. Uh, mm-hmm. Very not what I was expecting in the slightest. I'm not saying that you were gonna pick a bad movie for us, but uh, dude, Matthew Lillard and almost everybody. I f- I fucking love uh, Christopher McDonald. Just period. He's great. He's a he's, great underrated actor. He's a actor. very underrated actor, and he's one of my favorite, like, like yellers ever. Just, yeah. like, as soon as he starts yelling, it's just like, oh, man, that's, <laughs> he's he's going to just say something, like, crazy, and it's just going to be hilarious. Yeah. So as, as soon as he gets that pitch where he's like, I told you, I told you one minute, come on. <laughs> just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm always sitting there laughing. Just that I'm always waiting for the moment he's just going to break and just snap it and start yelling at people. Yeah, definitely. Um, but, yeah, super, super fun movie. Like, very... Uh, even emotional, like period. Just kinda... Yeah, that's the thing that kind of catches you off guard. We'll get to that later. Yes, uh, of course. But it, it does have some uh, pretty good emotional moments. The overall arcing story of this is just kind of like growing up and, and kind of letting go of your perception of the world and accepting reality, for better or for mm-hmm. worse. And uh, uh, the thing that I think the best thing about this movie is there are so many memorable characters in this, like from Steve-O to Heroin Bob mm-hmm. uh, to, to Mike, which is played by Jason Siegel, uh, Mark, the, the German drug, lore, uh, drug yeah. dealer guy. 
all of them are are very memorable characters and just kind of all are on their own. They're, this has really good character work from all the actors involved. Uh, specifically, the thing that I want to point out is the juxtaposition between Jason Siegel's character and everyone else. Because mm-hmm. Jason Siegel is like you think you would look at him and think he's the least violent one. Yep, and he's the most violent. <laughs> he's the most violent one. He looks like a nice Christian son. Yeah, he's got his glasses on and his polo shirt, and then he just beats the shit out of a bouncer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's just great, and, and uh, it does a really good job at like while these characters in real life would annoy the shit out of you, it really does a good a good job at like making you be on their side and kind of seeing things from their viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and while also showing that they are flawed people, obviously it's not like they're, they're perfect yeah. far from perfect. And, but you know, coming from a religious household myself, my, my parents while religious are relatively laid back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, people, kids I grew up with in my church, their parents were harder to please than my parents were when it came to how they behaved and everything. Yes. Yes. And, uh, but like. I, I totally connect with the wanting to rebel from your religious surroundings, uh, such as in this, you know, rebelling from this being surrounded by a Mormon controlled state when I think they said less than one third of the population of Utah is, is Mormon. I don't remember the exact number they say, but like that is such like a frustrating thing or would be a frustrating thing i've never experienced that where you're like constantly being oppressed or forced to uh partake in another person's uh, the minority's beliefs Mm -hmm. with uh the church of latter-day saints to the point where their beer had less alcohol so they had to go to wyoming to get normal beer had like Um, three instead of six yeah, so like really I completely, I completely connected with that frustration to the point where you would rebel, maybe overcorrect even, mm-hmm. uh, to the point where you're <laughs> severely maniacally violent at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's it's despite all of its serious undertones and and social commentaries, it is a fun, energetic movie that is it's uh you know it. it rewards multiple viewings and uh i i I enjoy it just as much this time as i did the first time very uh educational in the sense of like uh just exploring the characters even though one person's like kind of explaining who this person is and Mm -hmm. like how matthew lillard just narrated everything he's like yeah but like he was very like educational and like after he was done talking you kind of just understood that person more and stuff like that it was yeah that was really cool his narrating normally i don't really like that when you know just uh break the third wall or the fourth wall. jesus i'm an idiot anyway fourth wall, yeah. when they break the fourth wall uh and just kind of like a- acknowledge your existence I'm like hey yeah this is yeah uh but yeah. this did it really well and and just it, uh, just an overall fun time as far as it goes because uh i I, th- how, I don't even know how many punk films i've seen we've i think we've talked about at least one or two we did bomb city which was like one of our first ones Mm -hmm. and then uh green green room did we do that in here uh we didn't we didn't review it but we we have watched and talked about it a lot okay uh Um, but we've done like 
Yeah, I feel like we've mm-hmm. done one more on the podcast specifically that I can't think of, yeah. but definitely at least Bomb City. It's somewhere in there, but this is so far my my favorite punk movie, you know, reviewing or not, uh, that I've I've watched. It's uh, mm-hmm. it's just very fun, you know. Even Matthew better than Green I, it's tough. Yeah, this it's was different. fun. It's very. It different. was definitely different. <laughs> yeah, like Green Room is a horror movie. This is a mm-hmm. uh, a comedy with some dramatic yeah, elements. So, yeah, and then yeah, it's just you felt connected to you know uh, Steve-O and Bob, and then you know you know, once we get down the road, it's still good there, but you, you you're traveling with them the whole time. You know, uh, Steve-O's having this kind of like. Uh, midlife crisis on whether he should just continue the path of being a punk, but he's never acknowledged that and calling like Bob a poser for like changing his ways. And mm-hmm. then he's, he's sitting there his, this whole time, the last couple of years contemplating, you know, like, is this what I want to be doing and having like a inner crisis? It's just, yeah. it's just really cool to just go along with that and then, you know, see where it goes. And then yeah, it gets sad. <laughs> it does get sad. That uh, sadness. We're going to keep teasing the sadness because I want to talk mm-hmm, about the parents. Mm-hmm. We're going to keep uh, it. In, in this movie, it would be so easy for his parents to be like ashamed and mm-hmm. uh, angry and, and, and not have good relationships. But I love the fact that Steve-O has a good relationship with his parents in this. Yeah. Because like they're, they're, su- they're supportive and while the, like they don't understand it, they're like, we respect it. We're going to let you do your own thing. This is what mm-hmm. we think you should do. It, it would be so easy for them to just like kick him out of their house or, yeah. or you know, disown him or whatever. But yeah, they, they trust that he's a good kid, even like yeah. no matter what his ways are. They're like, you're a good kid. And like, yeah. he's poking fun at his dad the whole time. And his dad's literally uh, water off a duck's back. It's yeah. just like, like yeah. I didn't sell out. <laughs> and then I bought laughs. in. I didn't sell out. I bought in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. but they, they had a, some really great things, especially in the opening scene where they were trying to be cool. Like that whole mm-hmm. scene was just funny. Uh, but uh, Christopher McDonald said one thing that was like absolutely her- uh, hilarious. He was talking about his mohawk because there's like a flashback to when uh, Steve-O had a mohawk. And he says, people from Utah might might understand this, but they won't get it in New York, which is hilarious because it's the complete opposite of reality. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the people in New York would absolutely, at the very least, ignore the fact that someone has yeah, a mohawk. They literally would not care. <laughs> where, whereas like people are like staring at him with daggers walking mm-hmm. around Utah. So just that is really funny. But there's, again, with the characters, there's, there's so many quirky things with these characters. Mark... Uh, played by Till Schweiger, the the German drug dealer, rich drug dealer, mm-hmm. uh, him going around showing all his trinkets and everything, and and talking like a Best Buy salesman, and, <laughs> yep. and then when he pulls out the gun because he's paranoid, that whole sequence is just like comedy gold in my opinion, mm-hmm. and it's just great. There's not really many people in this that are unlikable in any way either. Like, yeah, everyone uh, has at least one redeeming quality. Yeah, um, like depending on your views as as a standpoint, they might do things that you don't like. But as yeah. far as they go, they're not unlikable characters. Yeah, because there's there's usually something about them that is just either makes you laugh or just makes you definitely yeah. want to talk to them in some sort of manner. Yeah. Definitely. One thing I thought was interesting, which I I didn't really catch on to until this time around, uh, and I want to get your thoughts on this. The whole mm-hmm. idea of this movie is that Steve-O hates Salt Lake City and is feeling opp- de- uh, oppressed in it and everything, mm-hmm. and uh, he always talks about how much he hates it and everything, and then but then would also like shit on people for leaving and and, and making him feel more alone. Like I and, and he he even gets angry. 
hypocritically angry at Bob when mm-hmm. Bob says that, like, you know, while it sucks, it is home and everything. And, like, I, I kind of like it because it's home. And he gets angry. Then I think he subconsciously loved Salt Lake City, and that's why he went to the uh, University of Utah instead of, like, getting out. And he ultimately created his own prison because he, like, forced himself to stay in this place. Mm-hmm. And it's like that that whole fear of like not wanting to let go of your your home and childhood and everything, and it's the, like it, there's a deeper meaning to it than I ever picked up on on the first two times I watched it. I think this is the third time I watched it. I just thought that was interesting, you know. No, I, I mean it is interesting. There's there's conversations. They're not conversations that I have with people here, but like uh, when people tell me they're they're like they oh I need to get the fuck out of here like this yeah. area Chester County like at least. Um, Coatesville, like, I could understand, like, sure, get out of Coatesville. But they're like, I need to get the hell out of Pennsylvania, man. This place sucks. I'm like, you're in the best part of it. What do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I understand, like, maybe wanting to go somewhere else. But, like, they're like, this place sucks, man. There's nothing going on. It's just stupid. I'm like, have you gone 15 minutes that direction? Yeah, guess what? West or north? It's terrible. <laughs> when you don't have money, there's nothing going on anywhere. Mm-hmm. That's the whole world like yeah i i've lived in three states now california granted i don't really remember california but i've gone back enough to yeah. know what living in like in california is because my mom's family is from there and i lived in florida and every single t- uh, place you live you get to the point where you're just like well there's nothing to do yeah i mean like, like it all comes to preference like me like here, I I love it here. Yes, it can get boring, too, boring yeah. at times, and yeah. You know, but like you literally go anywhere in Chester County or whatever, and like you're probably gonna find something you like. Virginia, I will say, was overwhelming. I adapted a little bit, but it was still pretty overwhelming even when I adapted to it. Mm-hmm. And you know, I couldn't imagine living anywhere else in Pennsylvania. But you know, there's still a whole bunch more states that I could have gone to. Yeah. So, like, I understand why people don't want to be here, but, like, I think they take it for granted of how good it actually is here. Yeah, I don't think they realize that there are places in the country, places mm-hmm. that you don't think would happen, and places in Europe, too, mm-hmm. that everything closes at 9 o'clock. Yep. Like, we're lucky to live in a place where things, most things don't close until 11 or midnight, mm-hmm. and then some things stay up 20, stay open 24. We got Wawa, the yep. Golden Goose, literally... The golden goose, <laughs> literally. Yeah. Uh, uh, the uh, for those of you who don't know, the logo of Wawa is a goose. Um, but but like and, and but when I went to Ireland, I was in Dublin, the mm-hmm. biggest city in Ireland. We got out of a show at nine p.m. and could not find an open restaurant except for an American themed restaurant. Yeah, and it was only open I remember because you me that too. it was only open because it was American themed. Mm-hmm. So I I don't think and and there's places like that in this country as well where things close at sometimes even six p.m. There's this place yeah. I go to uh, every uh, every year with my friends and Monday through Thursday everything closes by six p.m. and then on weekends they Jeez. close at at ten p.m. So yeah. it's a little leeway there, but like people really around here who complain uh, and i get it you know if this is the only place you've lived or the only place you've spent significant time to yeah there yeah you get bored of doing the same thing over and over again that's yeah. natural if you've literally been stuck in the same place for almost 20 20 20 plus years yeah understandable but that's but what go traveling somewhere else, is for like literally go 
20 minutes down the road and like yeah. spend some time there. You look yeah. at the things going on in that place. Like you you connected with him. Like he he called people a poser for wanting to move, but he hates the place that he's at. You f- you feel that? Like sure, yeah. do I want to move He called people poser places? for saying they like the place too. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So like sure, do I want to move other places? Yeah, that'd be cool. Do like do I hate this place and do I understand? A little bit from time to time. But like you you completely connect with him on that part. But yeah. like he's in denial of himself. I at least I I'm not in denial of myself. But like you can understand and like uh, yeah, just relate to it. Yeah, you relate to it. But like I don't agree with it. I also uh-huh. have had the the pleasure of being able to uh, to travel other places. I know not everyone has that luxury um, mm-hmm. of of being able to like go abroad or anything. But like when you're able to vacation and and, and go places, you do understand. Or you you appreciate where you're from a little bit more. Um, yeah. and, Even that, uh, like if you go to a place that you you absolutely love, like everybody for some reason wants to move to Florida. I go Florida to Florida. Fucking I, sucks. Florida sucks. Florida but, sucks. Ass. If you're from Florida, I'm like, sorry, but your state fucking sucks. But like from anybody who goes there for like a week or two weeks or whatever, they're like, oh, I fucking love this place. It's amazing. I'm like, yeah. I don't think it's going to be amazing if you move it. I'm like, yeah, sure, people you, will you, like it. It's amazing because you weren't working. Mm-hmm. You weren't but living f- a normal life. You were living yeah. a fantasy you were, life. Yeah, you were just going on vacation. Yeah, yeah everywhere. If you don't have to work, anywhere is great. Mm-hmm. Um, let's just all quit our jobs, man. That would be great. <laughs> the anarchy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we solved it. We cracked the code. Um, Full circle. <laughs> yeah, but when uh, let's get into the sad bits now. Uh, yeah. It was such a shock. This was one of, I don't know if this movie was ever spoiled for you, but this is one of the few like cult movies that was not spoiled for me. I notoriously, for some reason, always find spoilers for things. Mm-hmm. It and, was not spoiled for me, but before we get into that, um, oh. there's a character named Heroin Bob who is deathly afraid of needles. His name is just straight ironic. Yeah. He's deathly afraid of needles. He doesn't do drugs. He doesn't He's, even take Advil or anything. Yep, nothing. Yeah, and he's just like just a paranoid dude who hates all that stuff, um, and then and then just to get the character a little bit, and he's in the punk scene, he's doing his thing, surrounded by these people who do drugs, and then Mike take it from there. I can't, I yeah. can't go on much. Further. Can't go on. Uh, so tragically, at a party, uh, people who are listening to this should know this already, but he's at a party and he's drinking, but he has a headache, so he trusts someone who gives him what they call vitamins to help his headache, but it's actually a uh, pharmaceutical drug. I forget what drug they say it is, but it's something that you should not mix with alcohol. Yeah. And he Fuck, takes... I literally just looked it up not that long ago. Yeah. He takes the uh, a bigger dose than what is suggested. Uh, and Percodin. Percodin, yeah. Uh, I don't know what that's for, but it's... It has a name that doesn't sound good, mm-hmm. <laughs> but the, he has a he has a uh, overdose because of his mixing that with alcohol, and that scene where uh, Steve-O finds him is just heartbreaking. Where he just breaks down, mm-hmm. and he just like immediately knows, and just kind of like feels guilt of the you know f- kind of forcing him into this lifestyle even though he didn't really force him in the lifestyle it's just a bunch of survivor guilt that came pouring down on him and it's just such like a a, a heartbreakingly beautiful ending for such a, a funny mm-hmm. funny movie for the most part it's just it comes out of, of nowhere but not it's not shocking either it's like 
it, it feels like something bad is going to happen for a while, and then it finally does, and it's just it's so impactful the way they do it, and and Matthew especially Willard, how hard Matthew Lillard went too. Uh, yeah, and his little crying fit. Oh my god, I yeah, was sitting like, there. I wasn't, my heart was I wasn't ready like, for retching. this. Like that that line, I wasn't ready for this. Was so, mm-hmm. is so. You know, I feel like I don't know if you've ever had a close friend die. I haven't had a close friend die, but I had someone. I've I've had a few friends that I went to school with that passed away. Yeah, I, I, when I was um, in, especially like one right after we graduated, which was pretty hard. But yeah. not, no super close friends. When least. I was in sixth grade. A uh, uh, a kid that went to my church died in a dirt biking accident, mm-hmm. and like while we weren't really close, we had we had you know spent time together, and it just mm-hmm. just that that feeling of you know mortality when you're young and and full of life, it just it hits you so hard, like harder yep. than it normally does, and it's just Matthew Lillard acted acted that beautifully, and it, it mm-hmm. just kind of puts a uh, a nice little cap on everything. And literally, that that scene alone just made it like his best performance that I've ever seen. Oh yeah, he's fantastic For, like, in this movie. Yeah, it, he he was really good in this movie, especially yeah. that that part. Just you know, sealed the deal and kissed it on the cheek for me. <laughs> yep, <laughs> smooch. Um, but yeah, that was that was a really heart wrenching uh, wrenching scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, just uh, what happens after, you know, too. It was like, you know, we've been waiting for that, and he's been talking about it the whole time. And then he finally kind of follows his own path. Yeah, yeah. It's he, really he, cool. He kind of realizes, I mean, this is the thing that, like, yes, in a perfect world, anarchy is the best form of government, but the world is not perfect. Humanity is not perfect. Mm-hmm. And he kind of realizes that, that, you know, it's anarchy is never going to happen, especially in a a way that is healthy for people. Yeah. Uh, so he, he accepts his fate as someone within the system, questioning the system constantly, which is honestly the best thing for someone like him. Mm-hmm. And it, he does such, so much growing up within the, the span of the movie. And it, it's, it's a, a really strong coming of age movie. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I can't speak any higher about this movie. It's, it's really good, really underrated. Mm-hmm. I, I, too many people I know that love movies have not seen this movie, and I wish Definitely more people underrated. would see it. I never even heard of it. Yeah, before, I know. Uh, I remember this. you saying that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm glad I got to show it to you. I'm glad you showed me. Yeah, uh, but uh, one last thing I have to say, and it's the, this is just kind of a fun fact I didn't realize until this time around. Uh, Brandy, the girl that uh, Matthew Lillard's character kind of falls in love with at the end at the party mm-hmm. uh, before her when Bob dies, that is Summer Phoenix, and that is Joaquin Phoenix's sister. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Has she been in anything since, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, she has been. She's She's been in uh, probably nothing we would know yeah. too well. Um. Yeah, I'm not. I can't even. Mm-hmm, I mean, mm-hmm. the Laramie Project I know of because it's a play. I I've never seen the movie, but I know the the play, the Laramie Project. Yeah. Um. Other than that, I haven't really seen anything that she's. I've never even heard of it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not noticing anything that sticks out either. Yeah. Damn. But I thought she was, and her her role was very small, but she did a pretty good job at like being a believable character that would make. Yeah. someone question their own personality without insulting them. Like, she mm-hmm. did it very delicately, and I thought she was very... Uh, she performed it very well. Yeah. Uh, it was it's like very kind believable. of almost exactly what he needed. 
exactly. that moment. The person that he needed to kind of calm him down and make him kind of realize that uh, he's going to die if he keeps going on that trajectory. And then, mm-hmm. of course, Heroin Bob dies that night and kind of seals that whole deal even yep. faster than it would have with Brandy. Uh, but yeah, beautiful movie. Can't speak highly enough about it. Uh, and I'm glad that you really enjoyed it. I'm glad I enjoyed it, too. That does it for our review for SLC Punk. That brings us to the judgment, whether or not it becomes a shelf boy with the likes of Apostle and Handmaiden. As always, it needs to be unanimous decision. So since this was my choice, I get to go first. I think it's very clear from how I spoke of this movie, even in last week's episode when I said we're going to be watching this one, uh, that it's very underrated. It's got great performances, has an emotional punch that you don't see coming, really. Mm-hmm. And it's just a, a fun, independent punk movie uh, that doesn't take itself too seriously, but also is serious in the moments it needs to be. Uh, so it's kind of a perfect com- combination of everything, and I think it absolutely goes on the list. I believe that you're correct. Um, it's just a genuinely surprising um, yeah. movie. Not especially that, with know, that horrible poster. <laughs> yeah, especially with the horrible poster. Um, there's there's not too many movies where you get to see Matthew Lillard shine like this. Mm-hmm. Um, sadly, and he's he's a great actor too, and he's a, a excellent actor. Yeah, um, and this this was kind of one of those literally the best performance I've seen from him, um, and I would definitely rewatch this again. No no doubt yeah. about that in the slightest. Faux show. Mm-hmm. So. SLC Punk goes onto the KFR shelf with the likes of Apostle and Handmaid, and that brings us to our assignment for next week. Glenn Jumin, Button yes. the Third. It is your choice this time. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are we watching? Going with a little bit of a horror thriller, my Ooh, guy. Ooh, spooky. Uh, hour and a half long. It is called The Girl Next Door. Oh. oh. Not, it the is one, on a, not the comedy not, with uh, Emil Hirsch. Not that really good one, no. <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, a little bit of warning, at least, you know, I just heard about this movie today and I've, uh, read some comments about it, how this is based off of, uh, at, at least some real life things that had oh, happened. No. Is this um, about, uh, oh man, the, uh, oh, oh man. Yeah. I think it is. I think I know what this is about. Mm. Fuck. So yeah, it's about those things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember what her name is. Uh, the Girl Next Door, rated R, 2007, uh, follows the unspeakable torture and abuses committed on a teenage girl in the care of her aunt and the boys who witness and fail to report the crime. Directed by Gregory Wilson, written by Daniel uh, Ferrans, um, Philip Nutman, and Jack uh, Ketchum. Um, it stars uh, William Atherton, uh, Blythe Offarth, uh, Blanche Baker, uh, Kevin Chamberlain, and some other oh is that mark mark Margolis? is that is that who i think that is is that what ah it's the guy from uh goddamn breaking bad the guy in the wheelchair <laughs> my guy yeah um, he's also not, in a bunch of Darren a really Aronofsky great movies. movie to be in but <laughs> what are you doing bitch your sister is goddamn bitch all they ever do is right it doesn't sound like the roof i know Not so fun when it's your precious sister getting slapped around. Teach you to pick on people your own size. You brought a cop here. After my mother! Best policy, mind your own business. That's how you stay out of trouble. So you think any more about it? About what? Getting big into the game? We got our own game now. You want to think about one thing, girl. Well, 
Two things, actually. First, it could be your little sister hanging here instead of you. And second, I know some of the bad things you've done, and I'm kind of interested to hear them, so maybe this confessing isn't such a kid's game after all. I can hear it from the one of you, or I can hear it from the other. You just think about that. Um, but yeah, I had I had seen uh, this was actually like a TikTok recommendation. I follow this one guy who just recommends a bunch of uh, things, and I saw he recommended The Girl Next Door. I'm like, damn, I watched that movie. That's good. He's like, not that one. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah, I, if uh, let me just double check. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this is based on the murder of Sylvia Likens, a 16-year-old girl uh, who was uh, tortured and murdered by her caregiver. And uh, this is one of two movies about this. Uh, from my understanding, the one with... Uh, Catherine Keener and Elliot Page uh, called an American Crime is yeah. better, but this one is probably. Mm-hmm. And that was that was another one I had on the list, but I wasn't going to make us do a double feature. I was going to yeah. pick one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to go with a like a, a crime type movie, and of mm-hmm. course I went with the the unholy uh, one. Of course. Yeah. Unholy. Not types. looking forward to it. Although I yeah. I, I think. An American Crime follows it more closely because I think mm-hmm. they actually go by the names of the characters and not made up names. So yeah, yeah, yeah they do. Uh, so that one's probably closer to the truth than this one. Yeah, so which I guess a, is a blessing. We're watching this one. A <laughs> little bit of a red flag on this movie in case you're uh, sensitive to the types of things. I haven't yes. obviously seen it yet. I uh, don't know what it's going to be like, uh, but yeah. thought we could change it up and get a little. Uh, I can, darker on the channel for a brief second. Yeah, I can tell you this much. Uh, if you are sensitive to abuse of any kind, uh, don't even read about Sylvia Likens. It is mm-hmm. horrible what happened to her. And I guess we're going to watch a movie based on it. Yeah. Woo. Woo. <laughs> oh, William Atherton, he's in Biodome. <laughs> <laughs> woo. Uh, woo. Anyway, so uh, where, where can we watch that again? I'm uh, sorry. It is, I believe it said Amazon Prime and it's on Netflix. Yep. Amazon Prime and Netflix. So The Girl Next Door is our assignment for next week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, you can check out our website at www.keystonefilmreview.com. On Instagram, we are Keystone underscore film underscore review. <laughs> Twitter, Keystone underscore film. Facebook, Keystone Film Review. YouTube, Keystone Film Review. TikTok, Keystone Film Review. And on Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And I am Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week when we are two sad boys talking about a very sad sad thing Mm -hmm. in a very sad way. And probably any time we just accidentally make a joke because it is our nature to do so, we will feel bad. Uh, I'm going to start crying on the spot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Bye, everybody. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye.